Well, good morning, Westridge. It's good to be here with you today in person and online as we wrap up the first part of our road trip series today. And we've been, uh, we've been uh, going across some different measurable signs we can look for. In our lives, they'll serve as markers to see how we're following Jesus. Now, we're accustomed to measuring things. We measure things all the time, right? We measure time. When I make my way down here on a Sunday morning or up here on a Sunday morning, I wonder, do I have time to stop at McDonald's for a quick bite of breakfast or not? Normally, yes, I did this morning, so yes, it was good, okay? We measure distance and speed, we measure temperature. Most of us can remember walking into a place uh, last year and, I mean, okay, let's take our temperature, make sure we don't have one, right? Uh, we measure by eye whether something can fit in a vehicle or not. Now, I, more than once, I've been convinced that a 12-foot 2x4 can fit in an 8-foot van. And I always tell my wife, it oughta. Well, it doesn't. That's the problem. Now, even this, okay, measuring cups, okay? We measure this, so a, a cup measure here. I bought my uh, grandson a series, he's nine months old, I thought, okay, a perfect gift, a set of measuring cups, right? Because you can bang them, you can play together. And my, uh, my son texted me the other day a picture of a porter holding a measuring cup, said, hey, Dad, thanks for making my son a weirdo who has to carry measuring cups everywhere he goes. Hey, that's what grandpas do, right? Okay, okay. Now, we measure things. So, so far, we've looked at three distinct signs which can, we can use to measure our followership of Jesus. Now, Jesus said often, by this all men will know you are my disciples if you do this. And we've looked at how love for others is a good measure of how much we love Jesus. We've looked at how if we want to follow Jesus, we need to put aside selfishness and be selfless. And then last week, we talked about how obedience to the teachings of Jesus marks us. And if we not only listen to what Jesus said, but then we do what Jesus says. Now, the fourth one today shows up in the lives of people who follow Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus says this, okay, here's how you show. Here's how you show whether you're a follower of mine or not. Now, in the first Sunday of July, Darren used this term, terroir, they shared from a vineyard in Napa on Jesus' parable of the soils. Now, terroir is the natural environment in which a particular wine is produced, including factors like soil, topography, climate, that produces that essential essence or flavor of that type of wine. Now, the sign of discipleship Jesus uses today is found in John 15, and this Jesus uses the imagery of the vineyard here in this chapter. And one of my favorite verses is found in this passage. Here he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the idea, the key to bearing fruit, of having that terroir that can produce fruit coming from us is staying connected. That's what Jesus says. Remain in me. Um, I brought a, a branch off my tree. Cut this off this morning. Now, it's a maple, maple tree, okay? Now, it, it's very green. It's flexible, okay? What other words would you use to describe it? Well, it's nice looking, nice leaves. Now, here's, other, here's one other word I would use to describe this. It's dying. It's dying, right? I mean, the minute I disconnected it from the branch, it provides the nourishment and everything else that flows from the branch to this specific branch. Well, its days were numbered. So when we pay attention to these four signs, love, selflessness, obedience, and today, fruitfulness, we're developing that terroir for growth to take place. And the idea we're going to focus on today, 
I believe we make God known by the fruit we produce. So producing fruit, when it comes to producing good fruit, our connection is of vital importance. Uh, the other night I was leading a training for non-traditional planters uh, via Zoom, and it, it just wasn't working well. The video feed was lagging, the conversation was coming in bits and pieces, and that's when this announcement came streaming across my screen, your connection is unstable. And I thought, well, no kidding, okay? And it rapidly became frustrating for me. I've got very low tolerance or anything like that anyway. So the key to bearing fruit is good connection. And before we get into the fruit, I want to look at a couple of things that Jesus says about this measurable. Because as we bear fruit, and we're told here, we make God known. Here's what Jesus said. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Now, a few weeks ago, in a headline in our local paper caught my attention. Here's what it said. Saying farewell to two quiet giants. The article talked about two men who had a significant impact in our community with their lives. Norm Graham was a business owner. He was described like this. He had a heart for serving others. People would often stop by his store just to talk and pray with Norm. People felt comfortable telling their deeper stories to him, and he wanted to help those in need, and he embraced the community that in turn embraced him back. Oh, those are good words. Ed Canopel was a founding pastor of the Church of God Street Church, and his ministry to homeless men changed lives. He was described this way. He said, shelter residents would often be so beaten down, but Ed gave them hope. He told them they had as much opportunity as anyone else to move their lives forward. And as praises were heaped on these men by, by the paper I was reading, I couldn't help but think about the God that both of these men served. Their lives pointed to him, and others who were watching them knew what motivated them to be the men they were. They were connected, and they bore fruit. See, we make God known by the fruit we produce. We can give Jesus a good name by the attitudes we display, the actions we, we have, and the things we pursue. That's why it's so important we remain connected and not disconnected from the vine. But there's a qualifying word that Jesus uses in this descriptor here. Here's what he says. He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, what does much fruit look like? Well, in the evening times, I'll, there'll come times when... Uh, I get hungry, and, and when I get hungry, I like to pop a bag of popcorn, okay? Now, every now and then, more often than not, Darla will see me go to the microwave, plug it in, and she'll say, oh, popcorn, that sounds good. Now, I know what that means, right? That means I'd like some popcorn. Now, here's the problem. When I go to pop a bag of popcorn, you know what I'm going to eat? I'm going to eat a bag of popcorn, right? I mean, that's the way it works. Let's just say, well, have, can I have a little? Say, sure, here you go. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the way it works, okay? Now, I told you about my selfishness before. So, hey, that's what little fruit looks like, guys, okay? Just little, little things that dribble out of our lives, right? Jesus said, though, we're not to bear little fruit. You know what Jesus said? We were to bear what kind of fruit? Much fruit. It looks something like this. I'll clean that up afterwards, okay? Now, here's the deal. Much fruit means it's overflowing out of our lives. It means, it means that we're, we're producing things that just spill over into people we come in contact with. Now, my wife came from a farming family in western Illinois. 
And I used to go over and help my brother-in-law as he planted and then harvested some of, the, some of the grain. And when it came to farming, okay, when it comes to farming, it's all about getting the best yield possible from the seed you put in the ground. And I did some simple math on this the other day. And, and if a farmer could get an additional 20 bushels of, of corn per acre, over an 80-acre field, that works out about $9,000. Now, that gets significant if you get four or five 80-acre fields, right? So only 20 bushels, that's not that much. A good farmer wants to boost his yield. Now, what does that have to do with us? Well, I think we're called to boost our yield as followers of Jesus, right? To let, our, to let things pour out of us so we produce much fruit. Now, there are several mentions of fruit that come from, the, from followers in the New Testament. Fruit of the Spirit, fruit of light. But I came across another passage a couple of weeks ago that kind of spoke to me. I hope it will to you today. It came, found it in Hebrews 13. Here's what it says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, a fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Now, this passage reveals three kinds of fruit to us that I think that we can produce as followers of Jesus. We want to follow him. We want to measure how things are happening. Well, let's look at these four, three fruits. The first is the fruit of doing good. That do not forget to do good. So our willingness to do good for others in the name of Jesus shows who we're connected to. Now, this can take some pretty simple forms. It really can. A couple weeks ago, I was in Champaign for a meeting with a potential Chinese church planner. I was waiting inside the restaurant when another man came in and walked up, walked in to grab a to-go order. Now, this guy had a withered hand, and he was walking with a cane. And when he grabbed his food, his bag of food, he said to the waitress, well, I, I'll, I'll hope I can make it out to my car. Now, I'm not always very aware of what's going on around me. But this time, for some reason, I was paying attention. So I just said, hey, can I help you? He said, sure. Okay. So I grabbed the bag of food, held the door for him. He got to the door. He got to start to take food. I said, listen, do you want me just to carry it out to your car? He said, oh, that'd be great. Okay. So I carried it out. He opened the trunk for me. I popped it down in his trunk. And he said, oh, man, thank you. I said, hey, God bless you, buddy. And he just kind of, huh. I reflected on this as I walked away. I thought, how simple it is. How simple it is just to do something good in the name of Jesus. We have to just keep our eyes open, guys. And opportunities come all the time for people who want, to, who want to do good. And maybe it's extending hospitality to somebody who needs to crash at your place overnight. Maybe it's listening to someone who needs a compassionate ear. Maybe, it, maybe it's cleaning up glass in somebody's neighborhood from, uh, in somebody's driveway from something their trash was broken or allowing someone to enter traffic. <laughs> well, anyway, just come on in. Come on in, okay? Simple, simple thing. Why do we do things like that? Well, it's because of who we are connected to. That's what drives us. It's not to, it's not to get an attaboy. It's to cause people to say, they're different. They're different from most people. Why? Now, here's what I understand from doing good. Uh, when we let the, the fruit of good pour out of our lives, it's going to open our eyes to more opportunities to do good. And as we open our eyes to more opportunities, it becomes more natural just to do good just because of who we belong to. No, so that's the first thing. The second fruit is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Now, our words can be powerful expressions 
of our connectedness. Now, you recognize there are all kinds of words being expressed in our world today, right? <laughs> Not always for the positive either. A couple of weeks ago, a restaurant in Brewster, Massachusetts closed for a day of kindness to focus on the restaurant staff. I don't know if you read this or not, but customers have become increasingly rude to this uh, restaurant's wait staff. They'd swear at them, they'd argue with them, they'd call them names. The owners of the restaurant said, this influx of rudeness is unacceptable. And so they closed the restaurant for a day. Just that we did it to give our staff a break, to treat them with kindness, to express our appreciation to them. Now, we see a lot of this in our world today. Anybody who's been online, social media, news, well, you, you know what I'm talking about. We don't always get positive encouragement. Which is why when followers of Jesus talk differently, when they do something that isn't normal, it causes people to say, what motivates that? And why is it different? I like words that lift. I like words that bring hope. I, I want to point out the good in people and the good in things rather than focus on the negative. I was uh, speaking at one of, our, uh, one of our new churches a couple of weeks ago. I went downstairs to the children's area before service, and I, I listened as the worker onboarded a couple of new kids to the ministry. She was talking to the mother. She said, okay, everything's safe here. She explained the security measures. Here's what we do. She walked the boys into the, into the auditorium, into where they're at, and she pointed out some of the different things they could do. She said, you feel free to play anywhere you want to and, uh, and just do these activities beforehand. And the mother said, oh, this looks really good. And then she walked upstairs to church. So I was standing there with the worker after that, and I introduced myself, and I said, hey, I want to thank you I want to thank you for doing a great job of making those kids feel welcomed and making that mother feel safe. Good job. She just swelled with pride, okay? Because we all need encouragement, right? And we can give it very easily. These are the types of words that the fruit that should pour from our lives, our lips as followers of Jesus. There are always opportunities, guys, to be uplifters. Okay? Anybody can be a downer. But when we uplift, people notice. Okay, third thing, sharing with others. Now, there are all kinds of things we can share, but I thought I'd go with one that connects with the idea of bearing fruit. We get to share Jesus with people. Okay? Remember what Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I brought one of my favorite examples of sharing Jesus with me today. Okay? We've all seen these. Let's see what they do. Right? Don't you love those little helicopters? I've got a whole bag of them. This is messy day today, okay? All right. Okay. Now, I've got a couple of pictures for you because I've got these from my, from my yard. Okay, check this out. So the tree on the left, that's a maple tree. There's yellow bunches up in there. There's bunches of these seeds. Then I want you to see, oh, look what I saw on my walk during that. Those maple seeds are everywhere, Okay. This tree, these trees produce maple seeds, and they pour them out everywhere they go. Now, you realize, every time one of those seeds fall, what is potentially lying there? Another maple tree. You never can tell when the things we say to people plant a seed for Jesus. Guys, we get to be good news to people. We get to show them the one who can bring them from darkness to light. When we do good deeds, when we speak words that bring life and hope, people say, I want some of that. I heard this story from one of our guys going through a non-traditional planner. 
training. He went to a baptism service. His church was holding on the beach in Florida, which is where he lives. And he saw what was taking place. And he realized that I need to take that step myself. So he waited out. He told the pastor what decision he did come to. The pastor baptized him there in the, in the Gulf of Mexico. Now, when he went back to the beach, there was a guy who was standing there. He said, the guy said, hey, what'd you just do? Rob said, well, I just got baptized. He said, why did you do that? He said, well, because I need to take a deeper step in relationship with Jesus. I want my past washed away. I want to start over brand new. And the guy looked at him and said, I need to do that. Do you think I could get baptized? Rob said, I don't know. Let's go check. So they waited out together back to the pastor. The pastor talked to the guy and said, well, yeah, you can get baptized. And he said to Rob, he said, hey, you want to help me baptize him? Rob said, I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. So they baptized him together. And Rob told me this. He said, my baptism was great, but getting to baptize him was even better. Now, here's the thing. The key was he was ready to share who he had and what he had done. Friends, when we let the good deeds pour out of us, when we get to let the light, right kind of fruit pour from our lips, we boost the yield of the fruit that's coming from our lives. Remember, the goal, bear much now, with this in mind, we come to the end of the first part of our road trip, okay? And we've looked at the four signs that mark the journey of a follower of Jesus, okay? Four measuring points for us to see how are we progressing on the road. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do in the week ahead. First of all, I want to encourage you to do a self-inventory, okay? So look at those four areas. Let's put it on a piece of paper, grade yourself from one to five. Now, you do it yourself. Don't know how somebody else to do it for you, but you do it yourself. How am I loving how am I living selflessly? How am I holding to the word? And what kind of fruit's pouring out of me? Okay? Just measure yourself from one to five. And then I just encourage you to take one area and say, hey, I want to move forward in that. Okay? I want to move forward in that area this week. And then try to do something for it. And that leads to the second thing. Look for opportunities to do good. Uh, they're, they're all around us. And it's very simple. Sometimes we just got to lead with a yes, right? Um. A few months ago, Joe Miller asked me to uh, participate in the men's retreat. Now, it's, it's something outside my area of expertise, outside my, my realm of experience. But I said, you know what I said? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try something new. Okay? Uh, Joe's assembled a great staff. He's got a, he's got a great program ready to go. It's going to be good, guys. So if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to have you be a part of that. But sometimes it's just uh, that we need to lead with Yes. Instead of lead with no. So when you see an opportunity, say yes. And then here's the third thing I'd like you to do. Before you leave today, would you practice the gift of encouragement? Everybody needs encouragement. And all of us can give encouragement. So before you leave today, I'd just like you to encourage somebody. Give a compliment. Tell somebody why you, why you appreciate them. Maybe pray with someone who needs. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do, but before you leave, exercise that gift. You see, the, the key to bearing much fruit is connection. This one's not going to make it. We can. We can. You do these four things, and it'll help us tighten the connection. It'll help life pour through us. It'll help us be the followers we all want to be. So let's go tighten the connection.